the number one piece of advice I can give to anybody who's wanting to start on social media is to find something you're passionate about and embrace it because you can't, if you're, I tell them, I say, if you're trying to be like somebody or if you're trying to do something somebody else is doing, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) You're doing it wrong and it's not going to work. You have to be you and you have to find what you're passionate about and people will love you for that as long as you're staying true to yourself. From the MillennialMarketplace.com, this is the Wi-Fi Work Ethic Podcast, hosted by me, Haley Alicia. During this show, you will hear business trends and news, interviews with awesome entrepreneurs, and learn success mindset practices. This podcast was created with the goal of sharing how you can create your dream life with two things, a Wi-Fi connection and work ethic. If you are obsessed with all things online business and entrepreneurship and how the internet has changed the definition of success like I am, this show is for you. Find this show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and at themillennialmarketplace.com. All right, let's get started. up hello thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the wi-fi work ethic podcast hashtag wi-fi work ethic wednesday and a very happy independence day to those of you in the u.s i am celebrating the fourth of july holiday today i hope you all have a very safe and fun holiday today we have an interview which first of all yay i'm so excited for a new interview i'm working hard on getting awesome people on here and although i do like the solo episodes my favorite is the interview so today i interview caitlin near she's a youtube mom she also does a lot of cool stuff on instagram and you're going to learn a lot of cool stuff in this episode she shares tips and tricks of getting into social media what she's learned along the way and her journey of being vulnerable on social media and what that's been like for her so i'm going to introduce caitlin and then we'll head into the interview thank you so much for listening So now a little bit about our guest. She was born and raised in the Midwest and is almost 26 years old. She met her husband in 2015 after he returned from his military deployment in the Army. They moved west to Arizona, got married, and had a daughter in 2016. Their daughter has gone through a lot of medical issues that she has openly shared on social media to help spread awareness and encourage other parents going through the same situations. Being a mom has taught her so much about herself, and she's grown tremendously as a person and learned a lot about herself along the way. She enjoys hiking, swimming, social events, photography, cooking, traveling, home decorating, and spending time with her family. And with that said, here is her interview all about her journey on YouTube, social media, and sharing a message that's really important to her. All right, so let's just start with... Your story, um, I like to kind of start at the beginning for people so we can get a little bit of background. I mean, I, I know I gave them already your introduction to what brought you to what you're doing now, but let's kind of start um, more at the beginning. What's your story? 
Okay, well, um, my story kind of begins when I was pregnant, and I had a lot of questions being a first-time mom, and I turned to the internet, and I started stumbling across YouTube videos, and I watched them all throughout my pregnancy, and I thought it was just so interesting how these women were documenting their pregnancies, and I wanted to do that, but at the time, I was working full-time and, you know, going through my first pregnancy, and we were buying a house, and we had so much going on, so I just didn't have the opportunity, or I wasn't ready to really think about doing that myself. Um, but as as I started watching more and after I gave birth to my daughter, I decided to stay at home with her. I had the opportunity to stay at home with her. And I realized that while I was keeping busy raising a newborn, I also was kind of losing myself in a way. And I needed something for me. Being a stay-at-home mom, it's really easy to, to kind of lose touch from reality, I guess, or not reality, but just connecting with other women and other people in general, you really become isolated at times. And I actually was able to find a connection with women online and started up a YouTube channel. And that really just helped me feel a purpose, I guess. Not, not, I, I need to say that because, you know, my daughter gives me a huge purpose. Right, of, life. of course. I think, yeah, I think personally, it gave me something that was mine. So I started a YouTube channel and I didn't really know what direction I wanted to go in. Um, at the same time, I was doing Instagram and we had kind of gotten into the brand repping world. Um, and I knew that wasn't what I always wanted to do, but it was a fun way to get started, I guess, the whole social media thing. Um, but anyways, I started a YouTube channel and like I said, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with it, but I knew I needed to start in order to figure out what direction I wanted to go. So I just started and I started creating content based on motherhood and what I was passionate about at the time, which was being a mom. So lots of motherhood content. And as I started to create more videos and started to grow a little bit and connect with other moms, I realized that my true passion with starting social media, I my true passion was to give back in some way. And for me, for me, it's, I guess it gives me a purpose to create content that's going to inspire and influence other women and other mothers, specifically moms, because that's what I am, but women as well, um, just to in, inspire them to be the best they can be, whether that they're wanting to start up their own channel or whether they're wanting to start up a business or whether they just need some reassurance that what they're doing through this journey of motherhood is okay and it doesn't have to be perfect. And in this world, there's so much, and there's so many things that are artificial on social media. And right. I try to really keep, keep it raw. And I think that's what motherhood is. And so I really just try to be as vulnerable as possible in order to connect with the people who follow me. And, you know, that's just kind of what it's turned into and what my, you know, where my passion lays now. Uh, my my daughter's also gone through a lot of medical issues, and I've actually taken those experiences to share our stories in order to help other parents going through the same thing and also to spread awareness. So that's been another uh, big, big thing for me that came out through all of this. 
That's amazing. And it's definitely something I'm going to touch back on later in our conversation. But I want to start with this. So you said that, um, you know, when you started your family, you had the opportunity to stay from home. Was deciding to um, put yourself on social media and YouTube strategic in that you wanted to create a pathway for you to be able to stay home? Or was that not even on the radar? And were you just starting this simply to share your life? What was what was kind of your thought process? when diving into all this? You know, kind of kind of both. My husband and I are both very business-oriented people and entrepreneur mindsets. And um, so when I, when I realized people were making money from the Internet, of course, that intrigued me just because that's always been an interest of mine working for myself. I just never knew what the right direction was for me to do that. And I, I didn't know, you know, I didn't have an idea of what I wanted to do until I started this. But the, the real reason I started was because I wanted to document my, my daughter and, you know, just our lives. I thought it would be so fun. And I also have a huge passion for photography and videography. And I've, I've always enjoyed this. And it was just a new creative outlet for me to really embrace. And like I said, it was kind of, you know, something for me to do as a hobby and something that was mine. And, you know, on the other side of it, I realized, hey, you can make money from this. So in order for me to continue doing my hobby and putting this much work into it, I, I need to figure out how I'm going to make some money. Mm -hmm. And what what made you decide to do YouTube rather than a blog or something else? What made you decide, OK, YouTube is the best platform for what I want to do? I consider myself to be the best writer. I feel like I am learning and I'm getting better on my Instagram posts, but I am more of a visual person. And I think that's what drew me to YouTube more. Um, I've always had fun making little videos on my phone just for friends and family, but I never really used an editing software or anything like that. So it was a challenge for me and also something new for me to learn. And I just knew deep down that Visual content is what I would enjoy the most. Mm -hmm. um, have you had throughout this journey? So remind me, when did you start your YouTube channel? I started in March of 2016. Okay, so fairly recently. I, did, I think that's important to point out because I think a lot of people who want to do things like this, it's a very convenient excuse to say, well, you know, it's oversaturated and the wave is over and I can't just jump in now. But someone like you who just started in 2016, you're really proving that, you know, that's not true. Sure. It might not be. Hey, Lena, I have to, yeah. I have to tell you, I meant to say March 2017. I apologize. 17. <laughs> so even sooner, that's even better because I think that's important for people to know, um, you know, if, if they're wanting to do this and that's the excuse they're saying, um, yeah. Because you're, you're proof that if you put in the work and you want to do it, you know, people are going to resonate with that and they are going to watch you. And you, you just hit a milestone, right? With your subscribers. I did. I hit um, 20,000 subscribers, which was huge for me. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think a lot of people may be yeah. listening to this who have thought about starting something like this. They like to say, well, it's just so hard to get people to subscribe and watch and Really, if you're putting the content out there, the people that want to watch it are going to find it, in my opinion. And I think you're proof of that. Absolutely. There's an audience for everybody. Yes. So throughout your journey with this so far, have you had like 
uh, a light bulb moment where something happened, maybe a collaboration presented itself to you or a brand reached out where you realized, wow, like what I'm all this work I'm putting in, it's worth it. And I'm going to keep doing it. Has there been a moment like that for you yet? Um, I think it's been a gradual moment and I want to say it's happened in the past couple of months and the moments that have happened or, you know, helped me grow, I think is when I really just put myself out there. I stopped worrying about, you know, putting content out there that I may be scared to put out there or I may feel like I'm getting judged or, um, you know, that is out of my comfort zone and or sharing opinions that are out of my comfort zone. And it's actually benefited me a lot because I've been able to connect with other women on a deeper level. And I think that's what is drawing people into my channel because they're understanding that I'm a real person and I'm a real mom going through these real situations in life and I don't have a perfect life. And me embracing that recently specifically me embracing that recently has really helped me I believe yeah so would you say like your vulnerability and your um your choice to be just open and transparent obviously to your you know to your own um you know boundaries but your um, your choice to be vulnerable and transparent has helped in that um community building and um people wanting to watch your journey Absolutely. I think I've always kind of had a, a sense of that, but I definitely filtered more in the beginning just because I didn't know how people would react. Right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's definitely it. Yeah. So let's go back to, you mentioned that you made the choice to, um, you know, you're sharing your, not your whole life, but you're sharing a lot of your life. And one of those things that is part of your life is your daughter does have some health issues and you, you did make the choice to share that journey. Let's talk about that and what that's been like. Sure. Um, yeah, so recently, or actually, no, it was right when I started my YouTube channel. I started in March 2017, and then I think it was April, I believe, of 2017 that I uh, that my daughter was diagnosed with plagiocephaly and torticollis on a severe level. And basically, it's also known as flathead syndrome, and um, she had a tightening in her neck. So she was in a helmet, a dock band is what it's called, for 10 weeks. Um, and that was tough because, first of all, I felt like as a first-time mom, I did something wrong and that in some way I, you know, I failed. I was failing. I was doing something wrong. And in the beginning, I I felt alone. And as I started going through that process and towards the end of her being during or towards the end of her treatment, I started realizing that other parents are probably feeling this way too. I'm not the only one feeling this way. I know other moms are feeling the same way I'm feeling. And I want to help in any way possible to make those moms and those parents not feel like I felt. Um, and if I could do that to, you know, two, two moms possibly, that would be my goal. And, um, so I, I kind of had that mindset towards the end of her treatment. The day she got her helmet off and treatment was completed the day after she was actually diagnosed with hip dysplasia and she was put into a hip abduction brace um, which was tough because you know we had just gotten out of the head brace so I felt like you know from we were going from a, a negative to a positive to a negative because we thought she was done with treatment and then a completely different issue came up 
So when that started, I really decided that I was going to use our experiences to spread awareness in any way possible and to help others feel like they're not alone going through these situations and also that they did nothing wrong. <laughs> this was out of our control and there was nothing that we could have done to prevent this. And, you know, just, just to be thankful we have our children here with us and just to help provide support and education to those who are not familiar with, you know, the hip dysplasia, plagiocephaly, torticollis that we've been diagnosed with and um, really just to, you know, to make people feel like they're not alone if they're experiencing this as well. Mm -hmm. Do you know if before you started making um, those topical videos, if if there was other people out there sharing the stories of their children going through these issues, or do you think you were kind of a pioneer in in normalizing and showing the real side of, you know, these are the health issues that your child might have, and it's okay, and here's how I'm choosing to deal with it. Do you know if if, if other people were already doing that, or if you kind of brought that to the surface for people? When I started, I didn't know of anybody who was doing that, but when as I started going through treatment with my daughter, I actually connected with another mama who um, had her baby going through the same helmet um, treatment as we were in. And I actually was able to connect with a lot of people um, on social media, not on YouTube, but on Instagram mm -hmm. as well, um, who were going through the same thing. As for the hip dysplasia, I have not met or heard of anybody on YouTube sharing about hip dysplasia um, at all. So that was definitely a new one for me. Yeah. And I think that's really powerful because, you know, you just making your decision to open up like that. Um, YouTube is the number two search engine in the world, obviously under Google, but it's the number two. And so I think it's really powerful. That, and, and it's a good thing for people to realize if you have something important you want to talk about, if not very many people are talking about it, it's going to be found and it's going to help someone. And so I think that's amazing that you have chosen to share that because I'm sure it's now a resource for so many moms who who do feel alone and who do want information that maybe before you wouldn't have been able to find some real life reassur reassurance that they're going to be okay and that this is one way you can deal with it. So that's so cool Absolutely. that you choose to share that journey with others. Thank you. And I, I just think I would have loved to watch somebody or know, you know, not know, but see somebody going through similar experiences yeah. as I am. So I hope to give that back to people. Yeah, I think a lot of um, people uh, with YouTube in particular, you know, when you ask why they started, a lot of them do say, well, I wanted to find X kind of content and it wasn't there. So I made it. And I think that's important for anyone listening who wants to start something like this mm -hmm. is just don't overthink it. Just start with something you're passionate about. For you, it was motherhood, sharing your journey. For someone else, it could be something else. And if even if someone's making content about it, don't let that stop you. But especially if it's not really out there, it's not really something that's out there, even better because you can become that go-to person or you can bring that message to the surface that was hidden before. So I think that's something um, that a lot of people can resonate with. And, and if they want to start this, just start start with that. Start with something you're passionate with. Absolutely. And you kind of learn along the way, too. You learn what you're passionate about as you're creating content. You you slowly learn. I feel like it's a constant learning curve. Mm -hmm. um, so you obviously have a pretty targeted, specific niche, you know, being mothers. 
Um, so do you find yourself sometimes wanting to make a video or post about something um, and then deciding against it um, because it's not quite in your niche? Or, or do you just test different things out and see how people will react to it? Um, I definitely tested the waters more in the beginning, and now I just kind of stick with what I know. There are times when I'm like, oh, I would love to create a video on this, but I really don't know if the work came into it would pay off. I don't know if this is right for my audience, mm -hmm. and I don't know if this is bringing the right audience to my channel. So you really have to look at your channel as a whole and not just one video. Mm -hmm. um, so, so if it doesn't fit in with the lifestyle or motherhood that I'm trying to portray, it, it just doesn't make sense for me. Yeah. I guess that that makes sense. No, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, there does have to be strategy behind it, definitely. Yeah. Um, so kind of similarly, when it comes to working with brands, I want to kind of know about your experience with that. At first, you know, how or even now, I guess, like what that process is of you either reaching out to a company or brand that you feel like your audience would love or them reaching out to you. How has that journey been like for you? Um, again, a constant learning curve. Um, from the beginning, I told you a little bit, I, I started getting into brand repping, and it was so much fun to do with my little girl. You know, every mom loves to dress up their little girl, I feel like. But um, that basically consists of working with small shops, and, you know, they'll send you free products in exchange for photography and for promoting their items, and that was fun. But it, it got to a point where it was more work than return. And so I started realizing that I, I, I wasn't enjoying it because it was more work. There wasn't anything that I was getting reward. So I started realizing that, hey, you can make money from social media. And that's the reward I need. I need to be able to provide for my family in order to keep doing this, in order to have, you know, this be such a big part of our life. And so when I got started, the first thing you have to do is literally create a resume. It's called a media kit. Um, and that pretty much just shares about your channel, about your social media platforms, and a little bit about you. And then I would, whenever brands would reach out to me, I would provide them with my media kit. And that's kind of how we would compromise on payments. And I would start out, I mean, Haley, it was a very, very small amount in the beginning. <laughs> I'm talking $20, $50. <laughs> so you don't make a lot of money. Yeah, hey, you got to start somewhere. All. Yes, you have to start somewhere. So I, I would take on whatever was remotely right for me just to get experience. Um, and also, there are so many different platforms out there where you can actually sign up to be a part of their community and you can apply for jobs or they'll send you invitations to apply for jobs through those websites as well. And so I would work with um, those. There's, I mean, there's Massive Play, Grapevine, True Fluence, um, Red Influence, so many different platforms like that that I still occasionally work through. But as I started to grow, it would be, or as I started to grow, I was able to cut back on reaching out to brands, and brands were reaching out to me much more. And um, now I'm at a point where I don't apply for jobs, I don't have to reach out to brands unless I'm wanting to do some kind of product exchange for promotion. That's the only time I'll reach out to a brand. Um, but now I'm at a point where brands reach out to me enough that I'm able to generate enough of an income through that process. But it did take, you know, 15, 16 months to get to this point. Very cool. Um, you mentioned a little earlier that 
your husband and yourself um, are both entrepreneurial minded people. Where did that come from? Did either of you grow up around entrepreneurship or is it something you guys kind of um, um, found on your own? My husband grew up around entrepreneurship. His family um, created a business and it's a very successful business. And my husband's just always had that mindset. I actually did not have that mindset. When I first met him, I was the very, I was a very, you know, you work nine to five, you have a job, you have weekends off. You come home, you eat dinner, you know, that, that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, very traditional because that's how I grew up. And I think that's a great lifestyle for lots of people. And I thought that's what I was wanting. But after I met him, he kind of opened my mind up a little bit more. And I realized, wow, there's so much more to life. And there's so many more opportunities if you're able to go out there and get them yourself. Um and I worked, I, I went to school, I um, graduated with a Bachelor of Arts in Psychology, and I worked in child welfare welfare um, here for two years, and I've always worked under somebody, and after I met him, he just was able to open my mind, like I said, and just make me see a different world, and I embraced it, and I fell in love with it, and he has started his own business um, out here. And he's just really been an inspiration to me starting my own as well. That's awesome. Um, So um, how did how did the people in your life react when you shared, you know, hey, guys, I'm going to start making videos and posting them online. What was the reaction for the people in your life about that? Um, I mean, it wasn't the best, but. Uh, it wasn't awful. Um, you know, my family was, uh, first of all, concerned for my safety right. and for my daughter's safety and for my family's safety. And um, they were also concerned for, you know, my mental health and the mean things people say on the Internet, how it would affect me. Even though, you know, I know my family knows I can handle that. Um, but, of course, they were concerned for, you know, somebody saying something mean about their granddaughter or about, you know, their daughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um you know, my mom was kind of mama bear at that time. And um, oh, she should be. <laughs> as, yeah, she should be. Absolutely. As a mom myself, I totally understand where she was coming from. But as I started to create more videos, I think they just were really able to see my passion for it and um, just started to embrace it more. And specifically, my family, they love to be a part of, <laughs> they love to be a part of my videos now. Uh, my, I have three younger sisters and they are all so excited whenever I'm vlogging around them or they get to be in a video and it's, it's fun for me. And it's a family thing when I go back and visit my family because they live, um, they live in the Midwest. And so they're, I, I think they're very proud of me now. That's awesome. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like that's kind of the story for a lot of people, you know, especially if you're someone who's, you know, watched a bunch of YouTubers and you know this world and then, you know, you decide to do it, but then the people in your life have no idea what that's about at all. And it, I would understand it does seem very out there and scary to, you know, put your life out there. But I think once people actually get into it and see what it's all about, they realize, hey, this is, this is okay. It's just, it's how people, Absolutely. it's what people like to watch. And, you know, you have total control over what you show and what you don't. So I think, yeah, I think most people get comfortable with it pretty quick. Um, Absolutely. So I, I want to go back to you. You mentioned one concern your family did have was the negativity. And I know that you <laughs> you recently made a whole Instagram post about this and had a huge reaction to it. Can you talk about that? Yeah. 
Yeah, I did. I had a much bigger reaction than I thought I would. And I, I mean, I'm telling you, I was tearing up reading through those comments. So basically the post was about a negative comment that I received on my YouTube channel and I'll share it. The comment said, um, it, it attacked my daughter and it attacked my parenting. It says, your daughter has a flat head because you let her sleep through the night and she has hip dysplasia because it swaddled her. And I know any mom is immediately wanting to react and attack that person. And I did too, but instead I, I didn't respond. And unfortunately that comment stuck with me throughout the month. I, I don't even remember when I got this comment. Um, it, it may have been last year, but it stuck with me. And in my post, I decided to really take this negative comment and turn this into a positive comment. And while it, it, it is challenging and it's hard, it actually made me feel way better about the entire situation. So basically I said, you know, the, the part was your daughter has a flat head because you let her sleep through the night. I took that as, you know what, I am extremely proud of myself for setting up a strict routine with my daughter in order for her to get a better night's sleep and in order for me to get a better night's sleep so I can be a better mom throughout the day. Mm -hmm. So I took that as a comment. And then as far as the hip dysplasia goes, the, the comment about her hips, I took that as, you know what, I am very happy with myself that I'm educated on the correct way to swaddle a baby so that it is not, so that it's not harmful to their hips because if you, swaddle a baby incorrectly, it can be harmful to their hips, absolutely. But I'm very proud of myself that I was educated on how to do it correctly. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm just trying to do. I, I don't get a lot of negative comments, thankfully, but I do. I mean, occasionally I do, and they're hurtful, and they stick with you for a period of time. And I'm just trying to really share, or shed positive light on any negativity that comes my way. That's so amazing. It, it's helping. Yeah, definitely. That's amazing. Um, when you were first starting or even before you started, who, who are some people that you look up to or content creators that you looked to for inspiration or advice? Was, is there any go-to people that you were really inspired by? You know what's funny is I watched YouTube um, for a long period of time, but I didn't really subscribe to anybody. Um, I didn't really follow specific stories or specific journeys. I just watched specific videos. So when I was 20 weeks pregnant, I would type in 20 weeks pregnant updates and I would watch all of these different women's experiences. And that's what I enjoyed. I like getting a variety of different women's experiences. Um, however, recently, since I met one of my really good friends who I met through social media, she's kind of opened up more of the world of watching YouTube, which I know it's crazy that I, I do YouTube, but I didn't watch a ton of it. Um, like follow journeys, I guess is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And he's actually got me into this world of YouTube and I am so consumed in so many different people's lives. And um, the smaller YouTube accounts really give me, those are the ones that really give me inspiration. And I think it's because I see what they're doing differently. Um, one of my friends, Delilah, I recently connected with her and we, um, we did a collab together and, She's very inspiring to me, just the way she creates her content. She has very good content, and she's from Lucky Life. Um, and I just like her style, and I feel like she's completely different. And I, I feel like different inspires me. Um, I feel like a lot of larger channels are kind of the same in a way. 
Um, so I just, I, I'm kind of embracing these smaller channels and that those are the channels that I consistently watch and that I really have become consumed in. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. As you wrap it up here, I want to ask you this. If you woke up tomorrow, you lost all your subscribers, you had zero Instagram followers, but you still had all the knowledge you've gained through this process, what would you do? So do I still have a channel or is it just I lost everybody? So it's it's gone. Your YouTube's gone, your Instagram's gone, and you get to start from scratch. But you have all the your knowledge is still there from when you did it this past since since you started. So you're starting from zero, day one, knowing what you know now. Um, would anything be different or, or what would you do to start it back up? I think to start it back up, the only thing I mean, I would do a lot of things differently, I think. Um, the only thing I would really do different is just, let me think, probably just immediately embrace vulnerability and immediately not worry about or not hesitate about sharing something that I want to share. Um, like I said, I was really filtered for the first, I don't know, 10, 12 months of doing YouTube. Um, in a way, I was, you know, I held back a lot. And I cut out a lot of conversations I would have in my blogs just because I was worried about sharing them and I didn't want to deal with any kind of negative response. Um, but I wouldn't have worried if I won't worry about that if that happens. You know, if that was to happen, I would embrace the negative and the positive from coming or from me talking about what I want to talk about. Awesome. Um, so kind of along with that, what did you know, obviously vulnerability is a huge one, but what advice do you have for someone listening who really wants to get into social media and YouTube, but they just don't know, they don't know if they should do it. They don't know what to start. What, what advice would you give someone that wants to get into this world? I get these questions probably daily. And the number one piece of advice I can give to anybody who's wanting to start on social media is to find something you're passionate about and embrace it. Because you can't, if you're, if, I tell them, I say, if you're trying to be like somebody or if you're trying to do something somebody else is doing, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> you're doing it wrong and it's not going to work. You have to be you and you have to find what you're passionate about and people will love you for that as long as you're staying true to yourself. All right, guys, that is the end of the episode. I really need to get better at ending the conversation with my guests while we're still recording. But so far, I haven't found a way that doesn't sound super weird and awkward, and I just start rambling about other things that are important for the episode. So we're going to leave it here. Thank you so much for listening, and cue the outro. Bye. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you love this episode and you know of someone whose entrepreneurial story should be shared or a topic you want me to talk about, please send them my way. I want to spread this cause and message to as many listeners as I can. And if you liked what you heard today, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds to leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I will be so forever grateful. The best way to never miss an episode is to hit subscribe wherever you are listening. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram at Wi-Fi Work Ethic and turn on your post notifications to never miss when we announce a new episode. You can find an archive of all of our episodes at themillennialmarketplace.com. 
And until the next episode, stay humble and hustle hard, my friends. Bye.